morning, everybody, again. So um, um, to start with, um, I would like to link to the last word of, my, of the previous speaker. I also will be on CS 2014. So if you want to see him, you can also see me there. Good. So what we want to talk about today is a little bit the connected car. And uh, that's something that we also discussed yesterday in, um, in the workshop a little bit uh, with respect to uh, the business models. And today, I would like to talk to you a little bit about the boundaries and the challenges that we see. Not a car that is driving alone, but a car that is somehow internet-enabled. So, quick background on why I think I can say something about that. Um, as, as, as you just heard, I'm running a company, a music streaming company called Alpeo, based in Berlin, but we're doing this globally in over 40 countries. And we started very early to do disintegration also into cars. And um, on top, the company today belongs to Panasonic, Panasonic Group. You all know Panasonic from telephones and toothbrushes and whatever. But there's also a huge automotive um, background of Panasonic. Panasonic today is the biggest single car entertainment manufacturer in the world. So that's something. Uh, what, uh, what my background is, those are the cars we are in today. We started in 2009 with the BMW group with Mini to bring the first serial car with enabled music streaming to the road. Uh, that is all smartphone-based today, but it's tightly linked into the head unit, into your head-up uh, display, so you can use your uh, steering wheel buttons and, and you have all the audio system in the car, and this goes much deeper than um, through the pure uh, Bluetooth connection that you know. Okay, so a quick history um, on, uh, on the car or why I believe that we're just reaching the third age of, uh, of mobility. So the first age of mobility, and, and that was definitely a game changer, was this piece, right? So when the wheel was invented, people really became mobile, much easier, and that was true for almost, I don't know, when the wheel was invented thousands of years, right? And then, and we know this, for a very long time, nothing happened. For thousands of years, nothing happened. Then the next age started, and that was this one, right? So someone invented the engine, and with the engine, we could get rid of the horses. Obviously, we're getting back to the horses. That was a very good learning of today. But we got rid of the horses, and that was a complete new um, invention into, into this industry, and we know this industry, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, it's a very powerful industry these days. And in the same way how the engine brought a change of paradigm to the carriage and to the wheel as it was before in thousand years, I believe that this is the third age of mobility, bringing the internet into the car. And when we're talking about the internet into the car, we don't talk about having your smartphone with you. We talk about this one that we have in 2020, something like 70 million cars on the roads with dedicated connectivity. What does it mean? There will be somehow one or the other way connectivity in the car that remains in the car regardless if you're in with your phone or not, right? Or the other number, there are also <clears throat> millions of cars who turn into a moving Wi-Fi hotspot, um, enabling car-to-car -car communication, enabling a lot of interaction with the car. And we know what the Internet brought to all of us in our daily lives and in change of behavior, and this is only the beginning now what's starting to happen with, uh, with the cars. 
Good. So what does it mean? And we're coming back to those user models that, that we just uh, heard about, and this is something that we thinking all the time about, right? When, we, when we're designing our streaming services and, and, and our music services, and I will tell you a little bit about what, uh, what, what plans we have, um, no one is sitting all the time in the car, as you're not always here in this conference or in a, in a, in a gym or at your desk or in a plane, etc. So the day consists of 24 hours and seven days a week, and we know that, and there are very different conditions and environmental uh, situations we're in, right? And this reflects, for example, when we're talking about connectivity, especially in a car, to the quality of connectivity we have, right? Big issue, serious exam, fantastic success in the U.S., never would work in, in, in Europe because we have too many countries in Europe, so very good to mobile coverage. But uh, in, uh, in, in the U.S., there is only Sirius XM can give you nationwide coverage if it comes to radio, right? Or if you drive with your car through um, north of Italy, south of Germany, wherever, you're crossing five, six, seven, maybe more uh, different roaming providers. Is this something you want to have? No, you don't want to have this. So there are different conditions when we talk about it. And of course, not only that you're moving into different environments, today with your smartphone or at your desk or wherever you are, you also are very much influenced by the contexts you're moving in or you're in, right? So my favorite example is, for example, in, uh, in our today's business, uh, uh, music streaming, we know that it's Monday morning, and it's practically a finger snap to know what's the weather outside, right? There are a gazillion of open APIs for me to know that and to understand that it's Monday morning. So if you are in the car, 7 o'clock in the morning, what I can detect because it's IP-based, I better play you happy music. If it's raining outside, if it's Monday morning, you're not in a good mood. That's something I can know, right? In the same way, I can predict certain moving patterns that not only relies to your music taste, definitely to your behavior in this very context in a car, right? Social environments, peer groups, location, all this influences those today's services that we like, and we all know these effects that if you're starting a new service and the service understands you because the service is guessing what, what you would like, right? If you're starting, if we know that you're starting every morning from Monday to Friday, 7 o'clock at one location, and then you're driving 15 minutes, you stop two minutes at the next location, then you drive another eight minutes, and then you stop six hours, it's pretty likely that the first one is home, second one is school of the kids, and the third one is the office. If you belong to those 5% where the first one is your girlfriend, next one is your wife for taking the shower and then going to the office, okay, those are the 10% of failure. Okay, so... What we, what we also see today is that people already using their smartphones in, ca in, in cars massively, right? How many of you using a smartphone while driving? While driving, not on the, on the rear seat. Reading emails, updating Facebook, text messages. I don't believe you guys. That is definitely not true. I tell you yesterday in my workshop, that was a closed environment, right? People raised their hand and we had almost 90%, right? And that's true, right? I, I, I did the test this morning coming from my hotel, the rental car here, at every traffic light, every second car, people were on their smartphones, right? It's not legal. But people do this, right? 
55% of people in the US using their smartphones while driving. And I think the number is not right. I think it's much more, right? The more interesting number I know is that 9% using it while having sex. And the more interesting is that this is uh, in the US and not uh, in Italy. So people actually have this demand of user behavior, and we know this, we cannot live without our smartphones anymore. So, and that means that the question is, what does it mean for our behavior in the car, right? Do we expect that we have exactly the same experience that we have on our smartphones today also in the car? And if this is, is this even possible, right? So we have a more user-centric and a more entertaining um, dimensions here. We have safety, roadside control, etc. All this is a kind of that should happen, but on the other side. And it turns out, and that's something that is also what, uh, what, what, what we're realizing, what we're seeing here, talking to all these manufacturers and the OEMs being today active in that field, that it's not, right? There are certain elements that do not suit into a use case of driving 150 kilometers per hour, playing a game. You should not do that, right? You also should not configure a playlist proactively while driving a car, right? Somehow, and we talk about distraction. And there is a level of, and there is a group of applications that cover this, um, this use case of the car pretty well. And of course, it's navigation. We have diagnostics. That's something that's happening. SOS, simple. And radio. Radio is something people know from um, the past 80 years. The radio actually is in the car for 80 years, and there's a good reason for It's this one, right? If you're driving a car, and we just heard this in, uh, in, the, in the previous presentation, the last thing you should have as a driver is distraction. And, I mean, riding a horse, yeah, you also should not trust the horse by 100% that the horse is doing the right thing. Believe me, with my experiences. So, and if you're driving a car, then you should not be distracted at all, right? Today, the industry is spending billions, believe me, literally billions, to do a lot of technology that all of you have already in your cars to avoid this. And we have uh, safety management and so on. But even a heads-up display showing you some traffic alert in your windshield somewhere on the road, 50 meters in front of your car, is somehow a distraction. It's sad, because it would be nice while driving four hours, six hours, um, watching a video, right? But, I mean, we all know you better shouldn't do that. I asked in the workshop yesterday the same question. Any one of you had been to Korea? South Korea, by the way? Right, so. The cab drivers in Korea, how many screens they have about around the steering wheel? Someone said yesterday seven. I think it's pretty much precise. Right? Five to seven screens. Two of them showing videos, movies, soaps, etc. So, that's something, it's maybe also a cultural issue, but I would not expect that in Western Europe, the US, the major parts of uh, Asia, drivers will allow to watch a video while, while driving, or at least I don't hope. So, that means if, 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 we, if we see this here, right, and we say, okay, audio is definitely something the less distracting information channel, and we know this, listening to an audiobook while having a long uh, drive or uh, news, information, whether all this is something that is really not very much distracting, but very informative. It can work with, uh, with sound, with volume, with alerts, with voices, etc., uh, to, to get your attention. The great thing is that, <clears throat> and we, we heard about Siri, 
almost everything today can be audio-sized. I mean, watching a movie only by audio, that's maybe not the best thing, right? But starting with music, what we are doing now, right? So a personalized stream, we have radio indexes, we can play you every radio station in the world today on that. Um, we, uh, we can do special genres like music for kids, etc. News, fantastic, right? That's something that you have today either real-time but also on demand. And there are companies creating, that's what I mean, it's a shift of paradigm. We will, have, we will see whole new companies showing up here uh, doing this audio stuff, company in San Francisco called Umano. It's a crowd-based platform for, uh, for, for speakers, right? Commercial speaker, professional speakers, and they can read texts, and then people can, can listen to that. Audiobooks, very popular, a growing market. And then also uh, we have text-to-speech capabilities, but I will say something about this in a second. So CRM, that's something that we also see very much interesting for the car maker um, because it is a communication tool, right? You can communicate with the driver. There are networks like OnStar, etc., doing this today already, uh, predominantly in the, in, in the States, but it's also it's a communication tool. It's a commercial opportunity cost-saving tool. If I have to call back as an OEM 500,000 cars because there's something with the, with the braking system um, that costs me a lot of money, with the, with the audio direct system, I can get the attention very carefully. We said this. That was speech to text. This is text to speech here. Pretty much every type of text we can transfer today in a safe and, and, and nice audio stream. Whereas, I think we all would agree, Siri is nice, but you don't want to have Siri reading the lead article of the New York Times, right? That's something, to a certain extent, getting annoying. We have fantastic improvements in text-to-speech technology, and we bat very much into that if we talk about the connected car. But um, we also believe it is the mixture of real spoken text, as said, there are platforms just building up. There are radio channels you're listening every day to with professional news uh, uh, shows uh, who do not have a news uh, uh, um, team anymore. That's all on demand. All these contents are available today. Those are just examples here, like whatever hotel uh, recommendation or anything else. So, do people using internet in the car? They do. Those are real numbers from uh, from our uh, from our back end, from our payo. So we see the here the, the hardware. Those are connected hardware, smartphone, tablets, connected TV, connected home entertainment, your Sonos, etc. And we see the car. So we can track every user using Alpeo in a car, and it's interesting, right? I mean, these peaks you see, people are at home. They don't listen in the car. But during the week, from time to time, people already using those Internet services, we are offering more in a car than they do um, at home, or uh, than, than, than they do on, uh, on other hardware. I don't know. Hardware also could be somewhere else. There are challenges for the OEM, that is clear. That's something that I skipped because I'm running here out of, um, out of time. But what I just wanted to talk about this um, in, a, in, a, in a summary is if we see all this and if we see that this connected car is coming, that right now we are at a point, and I mentioned this, you all have your smartphone in the car and you're using your, car, uh, your smartphone extensively in the car, where we have a really fragmented ecosystem. 
And in the same way as we will observe in the next year, autonomous driving very carefully, what is the direction? We also will observe this very carefully. Will there be standards? We have different elements. We have mobile and embedded, right? You know, in higher class, mid-range class cars, you have these embedded systems. They come with applications. As said, certain applications do not really suit in the car. I had a, a conference this summer um, and was sitting together with Facebook on a panel. And uh, the Facebook guy, after a couple of minutes, um, actually uh, said, and there were a lot of people from the OEM industry, and said, you guys, you're not interested at all integrating my service properly into your cars. That's not what you're interested in. You only want to put my logo on your brochures to sell your cars better. And that's, that's pretty much true, right? And that's something that we will see very much into the next years, how those services now will evolve and how we can get beyond those uh, fragmentations and those, uh, those boundaries. So time is up. I don't have to explain to you too much what we technically hear. Thank you very much. And um, if uh, you would like to continue to discuss this, I'm still around all the day. Thank you.